Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Welcome to Office ADHD. I have the pleasure to introduce you today to Michael Stein. Michael is an entrepreneur, actor, writer, director, producer, stand-up comedian, and personal development expert. He's also a member of our adult ADHD tribe. Welcome to the show, Michael. We're excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. This is a nice sweet spot of a subject. Ah, and can you tell us a little bit? So, I mean, we just introduced you with so many titles. Can you kind of give us a little bit of your background, a little about, about your journey? It all starts with the ADHD journey, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know I had ADHD. I, you know, I, you know, I do a podcast called Long Shot Leaders, and the reason why is because I consider myself a long shot. You know, my my grandmother escaped the Russian concentration camps on her way to America. My dad was a New York homeless street kid, made millions of dollars. He was, you know, then he lost it all. He was homeless again. So I had to grow up in the same room with my grandmother because I was the youngest, and I'd have to hear that Holocaust sto- story, you know? Wow. The, you know, the Russian concentration camps and all that. You know, and my, my mom said I was an unplanned child. You know, I had, she's like, I ran up and down the stairs. I drank, I smoked, but he survived. I'm like, mom, you don't have to tell everybody. You should tell <gasps> me if you want plat- Tell me if you want plastic or paper. Just that's it. And let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you don't have to tell them that I was, you know, an accident. Right. <laughs> Everybody has to know everything. So I, you know, grew up with a lot of volatility, crazy family, a lot of, you know, uh, you know, you know, I was unhealthy. I had a, a weird stutter because my mom talked so fast. So I tried to, you know, I was around that environment, big family. And I didn't have a lot of success. And I was put in a special needs school at UCLA called Fernal School. I think it was like around eight, nine. I didn't know why I was there. They didn't have, they didn't know that there was no such ADD or ADHD. There was none of that, you know, in the late seventies. So basically I just felt like they're okay. You guys think that there's something wrong, but maybe I just need to improve. And you, you know, white knuckling it, you know, and until I saw the movie Rocky and that kind of inspired me. I said, here's a guy like me. He doesn't succeed a lot. He fails a lot, but he keeps on getting back up and he's funny because that was my only success when I was a kid. I made people <laughs> laugh. At my, made me, they made them laugh at me or my, you know, self-deprecating. Yeah, just, you were, well, because that's part of our thing. We're quirky and creative. And so, yeah. Right, I guess. You know, so I said, <laughs> I'm going to do it. The, the only difference to this guy is he's physically fit. And I was in a basket case. So I said, I'm going to work out every day like this guy. So by the time I was 16, I became a physical fitness trainer. I said, oh, okay. Time plus effort can equal a more probable successful result. Hey, I'll just keep on doing that. So my high school tutor, she says, Hey, you're gonna graduate in about a week. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to be an entrepreneur, a stand-up comedian, and an actor. And she goes, why you know, not everybody's meant to do what they want to do. You might want to work with your hands and be a gardener or something, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. I said, Ah, screw you. My dad never finished the eighth grade. I'm gonna, you know, so well, you know, what happened was I I started a business a day after high school, did well the first hour. Failed miserably after that. You know, it wasn't right for me. I was like phone sales in my house. But I picked up my, you know, sleeves. And then I, six months later, I did stand-up comedy, brought a lot of people in. So from there, I said, oh, I could be a nightclub promoter because in LA at that time, dance clubs and nightclubs were big. As I said, I wasn't going to do like stand-up comedy there. I was going to just bring in people because I was, you know, getting popular with this. So six months after that, I became the number one nightclub promoter in my age bracket. You know, because I used that, I was very hyper. I was, I stamped all, you know, seven nights a week, seven days a week, promoting my nightclub mm-hmm. called Off the Wall. And then from there, I was able to get my first acting role, 
meeting people. I played Dirt Diggler in the Dirt Diggler story, which led to me being Booganites also, and and I became a filmmaker. And then I had a long journey with film that we can get into, but in a crazy lifestyle. And I didn't know why, but I said I knew I was going to have to. I was got close to a movie deal with one of my films. And I, it didn't turn over to a movie deal. So I said, I'm going to make my own movie, but I was in broken in debt because I left my nightclub business. And I said, you know, I'm going to start my own a business on the internet. So I started selling tarps, which is a long story why, but it just tarps for a particular niche item. And within six months, I had a half a million dollars to make my movie, Love Hollywood Style, which stars two-time Academy Award winner, Faye Dunaway, Andy Dick, Coolio, Steven Tobolowsky, many actors. And I acted in it myself, wrote, directed, produced, and acted. Wow. But from since... Since then, you know, many things have happened, a lot of volatility, and I didn't know why. Why is my life so crazy? But I, since then, I've taken this business and built it into a hundred million dollar plus business. You know, it's made well over a hundred million dollars. And I was just telling you in the pregame before we talked, I said, you know, this guy started working for me. He's like 1% or 1% of Mensa, really smart dude. And he was working for my company. And after like several months, he's like, you know, his wife had ADHD. At least she was diagnosed with it. He goes, you know, it's like eight years ago, seven years ago. He's like, you got ADHD. And I was like, screw you, man. I'm not, that's You're just being a, because you want me to like, you know, you, you want to push me down. And then um, I kind of looked into it and I said, well, I don't know if I have, I, I don't know if I want to give myself a moniker because I've done so many years of personal development, even though mm-hmm. I've had a lot of volatility. But I will tell you that a lot of the traits that they said that people have ADHD, I was like hitting like every box. <laughs> I believe it. And to end and to end that that my encapsulation of my explanation of who I am, I guess at this point, and that is, I since then it's been good because I've I've really kind of attacked. I ran towards the problem and kind of and since I'm cognitive of it, that certain things have helped me a lot along the way in the past several years because of being aware of people think that I have ADHD. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about it is once you know, then it's like, oh, okay, I can use this. I can say, oh, okay, now I can use this as a skill instead of trying to pretend that there's I'm normal or, you know, I'm, I guess they say neurotypical, you know? Yeah, or just don't know. Don't know. Yeah. It's like, well, why do I do that? And why, why people are, you know... There's so many problems. I mean, you know, so many things like having a brand new Escalade get stolen and you didn't have insurance on it because you it was two weeks past the insurance when you first bought it. And I was like, you yeah. know, just like, those are embarrassing things, which my brothers yeah. never let me live down. But there's so many other problems and things throughout the years. I was like, oh my God. I was I was quiet when I was supposed to speak up. I was I, I spoke too much when I was supposed to be quiet. I was very impulsive. So many accidents when I was a kid and bike accidents and skateboard accidents. So much impulsivity and so much. I'm like, that must have been because it was more than the average kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, you just, well, and even the fact that you were able to say to yourself, though, hey, I'm in debt, I'm broke. But you know what? I'm going to start a business and then we're going to make this movie. That's your, you know, hey, we're risk optimism people too. And But like you said, we also have that impulsiveness and to be able to say, hey, I'm not lazy. I'm not stupid. I just, these, these are just things that fall through my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting about that is that, you know, growing up because I didn't know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a title. 
I, I just I just knew I was like I thought I was like eccentric. Plus, I grew up in a very wonderful place for my personality. I grew up in Los Angeles, which meant people looked at me and like, you're special, you're talented. As to where I think if I grew up in a small town, I'd be not so good. <laughs> I think that it really because you know, grew up in LA, it's like, well, this guy's totally wacky. I mean, he could be something special. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of happened a lot. But I was used to doing a lot of things. Like I was super hyper and doing so many things at once. Like, look how many things I could pile on at once and do a bunch of these things. I took pride in that. So whenever, before somebody told me and I started looking into it, that was a good thing. But then also it was out of control. So the gift has been to now kind of, you know, I got to tell you, you know, when people say, you know, I I don't want to give it a title, you know, because you got to be careful because you don't want to send yourself off in the wrong direction. But... Since and that's why I got a picture behind me that has like you know a bunch of characters on here, like Albert Einstein, who they say had ADHD, and that mm-hmm. is because look, if you're going to use the negatives, you say, well, you can't do that because you have ADHD. I'm like, well, you know what else I can do? Because you say I have ADHD, I can do this, I can do that. Michael Jordan had that. Albert Einstein had ADHD. This guy had ADHD. So you know what? Maybe I'm a genius. Maybe I'm able to do this because of that. Now, if you're going to believe, you might as well believe the good that's going to enable you to get to what you want. I totally agree. Well, and, you know, just speaking of, I think it's an Albert Einstein quote, but I could be somebody else's quote, but where he talks about, you know, if you tell a fish to climb a tree, he's always going to think he can't do things. That is an Albert Einstein quote. I think he paraphrased a little bit, but that, yeah. that is an Albert Einstein quote. <laughs> he also said, what's your, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, what's the, what, what do you attribute you know, all your success? And he's like, curiosity. Yeah. And in, in ADHD, people are very curious. They're very you know, from what I, the traits, you know, by the way, my daughter, my 14 year old shoes at six years old, seven years old, she had a formal test, which I never had. And she has ADHD, the younger, I have two daughters, the younger one and older one. And the younger one has got, and I'm reliving all these things like she's has, you know, and she'll mm-hmm. slip into that, you know, dad, because of my brain. I'm like, don't tell yourself that because of my brain, no. you know, tell yourself that, you know, you have a gift. And and here's here's the people you can compare yourself to. If you're gonna and I told her, if you're gonna believe and I sometimes I'll swear for effect. She's 14 now. She doesn't swear. <laughs> she doesn't swear at all, but I will swear so she she to for an effect to say, look, if you're gonna believe believe the book, it's gonna help empower you. Yeah. And and you know what? I don't know whether she's pretty dense, you know, but she's she comes <laughs> along. She got you know, pe- kids are dense. All kids are, but they come along eventually. <laughs> If you're yeah. stubborn, if you're and you got the ADHD, and you're stubborn, and you and you got a kid that say I have ADHD, and and you're stubborn with it, and you push them, then they'll finally get it eventually. And and you're patient with it. Like my wife, she doesn't have this. She free. She gets so frustrated, and I'm like, I don't get frustrated with her because I'm like, I totally get her. I know what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you know that she's she just needs to let it. She needs to let it settle in her brain. Sometimes we just need to let those ideas kind of mull over and sink in for a while. Hey, you know what? On my podcast, I talked to somebody that was like a, a brain a mindset. Uh, he was some type of you know degree in something, and, and uh, yeah. And he said, we were talking about ADHD, and he said, "Well, that's there's no." He's a, he's like, it, it's the type of learning. There's no there's not a problem there. He said, I'm paraphrasing. He says, yeah. basically, it's the type of learning that your mind prefers. He's like. A person that with so-called ADHD is not going to want to listen to a speech. They're going to zone out. But if they are interactive, if they are involved, if there's a if their nervous system can get involved with the lesson, 
then the retention level is off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. If I buy into what you're talking about, I am like, oh, okay, I'm there. And then I become interested. And yeah. No, I, I love that. That's be, cool. Yeah. If you can also talk to your teacher and ask questions intermittently during, rather than listening and writing notes on a speech, because you know, you're, it, you want to write notes because that's a part of being interactive. But then also mm-hmm. the more interaction that a person that has ADHD has with a lesson, it's almost like I, I, I don't forget stories. I don't forget faces, you know? And it's like, I mean, it's like uncanny, like almost like my, a friend of mine, she has hyperthymesia, which I think is like only like 38 people have that in planet earth, which where you, you can, you don't, you have not photographic. It's, it's like where you don't forget a date or oh, something wow. that was said to you. And I don't have it to the length that she does, but I have a very strong, and I think a lot, I hear a lot, a lot of ADHD people have picture sounds and feelings that are almost photographic to where they might forget your name. They might mm-hmm. forget, you know, so, but, but if there's a story, it's almost like, or a face, they're not going to forget the face. They're not going to forget the story. It depends on the person too. But I, I think because inter- when there's interactive learning, people with ADHD are able to absorb more than the average person. Yeah. No, I, I love, I, you know, I've never heard it put in that way, but that's amazing because it's, it's true. I mean, thinking back, I think of my favorite teachers were the ones that let me banter back and forth with them about what was going on in class or, you know, even just, even just last night with my son who also has ADHD, we were trying to remember something and we could see it. We could, you know, almost touch it. And we were just trying to remember the name of this character and, Yes. The more senses that you involve, tactile or even arguing, which which you would consider arguing. You grew up in a Jewish family like I did. You would argue with your parents. That's a good thing because now, at least it's my personality. It's like, well, wait, what? Let's challenge that theory. You know, and you're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and that 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 you're you especially now you're attaching your emotions to something that's getting your nervous system deeper now you're you're using pictures sounds and feelings because you're self motivated to and and you're you and then if there's something like an object that's involved that's that makes it more tactile there's more senses to to record these these things and you learn more yeah like oh no i love it i love it now i one of my things that i use i'm just going to be honest while we're doing interviews is because I will go down a rabbit hole like nobody's business. And I I, know. I looked at it, so I keep my questions. <laughs> That's so funny. So, <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I, you know, I run a podcast too. I don't know if I can swear. I run a podcast too. And I'll like, uh, if somebody's, uh, somebody's interviewing me and sometimes I'll go in a rabbit hole of an explanation. And I was like, was that even your question? Doesn't matter. That's that. You know, honestly, this is my favorite thing about running an ADHD podcast <laughs> is that the rabbit hole's great because everybody listening has ADHD too. And so we're like, yeah, rabbit hole, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, since this is what you do, let's talk about, can you tell me, please, like, what are some of unique traits that, you know, because I've read all the articles, you know, but like, let's, mm-hmm. can you give me a recap of like the, the, the highlights of, you know, ADHD, like, you know, what are some things that you encounter? And, and I want to see how much it clicks with me. Oh, well, actually, this is a great thing. I'm actually just about to send out like a 
five days, five ADHD superpowers thing that people can sign up to. But like, you know, there's a lot of great things about ADHD. So one thing we've talked about already is we are very much prone to jumping into risk situations because we tend to see the very optimistic side. We tend to look at a situation and we're like, oh, pet the lion. Yes, he's going to be soft and fuzzy. That's great. <laughs> Let's do it. And, you know, or like, we're actually very good in a crisis because our dopamine levels are already low. And so if you give us an exciting situation like that, that raises our dopamine levels, <laughs> then we actually go into a more of a hyper-focused situation. So instead of where everyone else is panicked and crazy, we can suddenly focus and we're like, okay, yes, we can organize all of these 20 things going on and we can keep track of that. And they've actually found that a lot of people like that are EMTs and firefighters and stuff like that, that they will rely on the ADHD or in really bad situations because they're the ones that can get it all going. <laughs> that, is, that that tickles me. It tickles me so much because <laughs> I, I, and I didn't know what this was. You know, it's like, I was like, well, I, I thought because I grew up in a really screwed up family that was, there was always something cr bad or crazy or trauma, traumatic happening every other week. You know, my whole childhood, it, it's a long story. We can get into it if you want. But I thought because I grew up with that, I dealt with, you know, high stress, high, you know, volatile situations really well. But I think maybe it could just be my personality type of the ADHD that, cause I, I'm like, you would take, I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, oh, I take pride in this. Oh yeah. <laughs> something, something crazy happens. Like, and also, I don't know if anybody else is like this. It's just a regular thing, but like I can get a phone call or some, and if somebody doesn't talk right away, I think like the like who died, murdered, raped, whatever. Like what what bad news is going to be on the phone? I'm like oh, everything's okay. Yeah. Do you ever do you get that? Yeah, yeah. Well, because your brain suddenly just hits overdrive, and so like well, and that's kind of the thing too is like if somebody doesn't message you back as soon as you think they're going to message you back, you're like oh no, what's wrong? And suddenly your brain will go into a million situations because your brain's bouncing off everything. You make more connections than most people do too. Like uh, when you're reading, often you'll solve mysteries faster than other people because you're connecting everything that happened at the beginning of the book to where you're at to five other books you've read to, you know, this other thing that happened the other day. That's, that's interesting. I've never, I, you know, I've, I've scored really high on IQ tests. And then I told that to my that guy that was working for me, that 1% of 1%er. And he goes, no, you didn't. Come on. And I was like, wait, if you're going to believe all the bad, bad stuff about ADHD, you might as well believe some of the good stuff. I, you know, cause I, I heard that that is a point as well, you know, there, because your brain kind of lights up, uh, so to speak. Yeah. ADHD testing is actually kind of difficult because we like novel new situations. So you throw us into a testing situation and then we suddenly focus. Mm. And so I don't know what the testing is like right now, but like when I got tested, it was basically this really long test of like ones and twos bouncing off the screen. And I really think that the whole thing was about making it long enough and boring enough that eventually I would be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you're the perfect person to ask this. So <laughs> this particular question I want to ask. So I've done a podcast now for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, because sometimes when you have ADHD, you don't listen to somebody. Yeah. But because I'm so hyper-focused and want to do a good job, and I do love people, you know, I it has forced me in a good way to listen to them. And I truly believe, like, 
that you could work out the weak points of anything like a muscle. Yeah. And and I really think that podcasting has improved my, you know, whatever inadequacy with the, the weak points of ADHD. I actually think it's built the muscle and improved them a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I totally agree. So like for one thing, I am a huge believer in uh, neuroplasticity. It's mm. been kind of a thing that I've looked up a lot is yeah. that your brain can grow and improve. You can learn to do basic, you can learn, like you said, it's a muscle. So just like how you can improve your muscles that you can improve your brain. And I know for me, one thing that really helps is that I I know that I am more visually distracted than I am audio distracted. So mm. when I notice myself getting distracted, sometimes I close my eyes. <laughs> and so podcasting helps with that. And like you said, it does. It helps because I know I have to pay closer attention because I, I need to know what's going on next. And yeah, <sighs> I agree. Awesome. What are some of the highlights? I don't want to interview you. I just want to what I do. How you interview? People. But, uh, what are some of the What are some of the highlights, without naming anybody in particular, of interesting um, stories that you've heard in your podcast for ADHD years? Oh my gosh! I just like honestly, my number one thing that I love about interviewing ADHD years, and I is just the fact that we get the conversation style that, you know, we can talk like this. We can go back down a rabbit hole. I can go back mm -hmm. on the chart and then I can come back off of it. You know, that we, um, we don't always finish our sentences. Sometimes we start a <laughs> sentence and suddenly we're like, and now I'm off on this thought. I'm sorry. My mouth couldn't keep up with my brain. Um, and that that's okay. Oh, and I, I love hearing how people have figured out my favorite thing is hearing how each person figured out that it was okay for them to have to do things differently. And those chimes mean that this is the end of part one. Come back next week because we have so much more to uncover with Michael. And I'm super excited to share it with you. Talk to you guys later, and I hope that you all have an absolutely amazing day. Thanks for listening, and remember to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. To learn more about anything we talked about today, head over to officeadhd.com. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.